This is the Casper and Chris podcast. From News Talk KBOI, Boise. Get 670 KBOI on Alexa. First say, Alexa, enable the 670 KBOI skill. Then when you want to listen, say, Alexa, open 670 KBOI. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. Matthew Perry, over the weekend, passed away at the age of 54. I don't know why this hit me so hard. You like friends, I guess. I like friends, and I, I, I also like the fact that he seemed to have turned his life around. He'd gotten off of drugs. And you, you, you would just hope that you know everything was going to be back to normal. And um, we'll find out when the autopsy is done. Um, you know, how much this may have affected. But, I, I, I mean, people that are drug abusers for year, it's just, years, it's just really hard on your body, period. Now, he uh, apparently, they said, died of drowning. Do we know the circumstances? Um, we do not know the circumstances. Um, apparent drowning is all we know as of right now. That's why, why I said we may have to wait for the uh, autopsy. Some say that, you know, it could have been a cardiac event, and still the, the cause of death is drowning, because he would have gone under the water, so that's the official cause. In the bathtub, do you think? No, it was in the hot tub. Oh, hot tub. Yeah, he was hot tubbing. Um, He was playing pickleball um, earlier, and he had sent his assistant to run an errand, and then he found uh, Matthew Perry dead in the hot tub when uh, she showed up, called 911. It was too late. Mm. Um, One of his friends that he was playing pickleball with, you know, said that, there, there may have been warning signs said that they only played for about an hour before he was too tired to go on. Completely uh, out of breath and exhausted. Yeah, yeah. yeah, which is, you know, one of the warning signs and said that he had been complaining about fatigue for about a week, which once again, another one of the warning signs. I'm not saying this is happening. I'm just saying this is one of his best friends who he was playing pickleball with earlier in the day. So uh, Matthew Perry, 54 years old dead by the way there were no illegal drugs found on the scene no signs of foul play Mm -hmm. Um, cops did say they found uh, several prescription drugs for antidepressants anti-anxiety meds cop drug which he may have needed due to his history of uh, long-term history of smoking because he smoked heavily um, apparently during the years that he Mm -hmm. was on friends so somebody was saying he was the first one of the cast of friends to pass away if you don't count gunther you know, yeah, who was Gun- the bartender, or Gunter. the bartender. Yeah, and he was a regular. Or the, uh, whatever you call it, uh, barista, I guess. Yeah, he uh, passed away uh, two years ago. He passed away of cancer. Yeah. By the way, Gunther was not supposed to be a regular. It's one of those situations where he, he was just he, always there. You get, you get a, you get a uh, spot 
starring role uh, uh or uh, co-starring role yeah and he ended up doing so well that they said hey you're going to become kind of a semi-regular <laughs> on the show so that's how he ended up being on the show as a semi-regular um if you ever f- needed to find out some information that the six of them didn't know anything about gunther was there yeah he was pretty much there wasn't he yeah. um other things we're going to be talking about the uh, suspect in the main mass shooting has been found dead that happened on uh, friday mm-hmm by parent suicide. We'll talk a little a lot, bit lot more about had, that. A lot of people had speculated on that, that probably the reason they couldn't find him is he'd gone out into the woods and killed himself. And yeah. it turns out that's sort of what he had yeah. done. He was in a trailer. Yeah. I, it, you know, they said that they, they gave two things. It's like the reason that they thought they couldn't find him is maybe he escaped on a jet ski, and that that's how he got out of the so-called dragnet that they enclosed. And the other reason was... You know, yeah. that I thought, okay, he also could be dead somewhere, and that's why nobody is seeing him. And mm-hmm. as you said, that's that's the reason right there. But it was it was good they found him, because in, until they found him, those places were going to stay uh, more or less in lockdown. You, know, you couldn't even get uh, food delivered because no. the delivery person wasn't supposed to go Schools out. were closed. Businesses yeah. were closed. You were told to shelter. And even if you weren't told to shelter in place... Would you want to go out based no. on who he was, you know, basically just randomly I mean, you know, people. he might not have been finished. He could have, you know, showed up the next day and, mm-hmm. and killed more people someplace. Yeah. Um, so we'll talk about that tragedy this morning. Uh, get your input. Uh, more news is uh, coming out, and we'll continue to get more um, over the coming weeks, my guess is. Maine police say they were alerted weeks ago about threats from the mass shooting suspect. Maine does not have a red flag law however they do have a yellow flag law which is um, caution not quite as generic as the general uh, red flag law for 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 instance and we've talked about this before red flag law if you're a loved one family member you you can file a complaint and have you know guns taken away from people just because you filed the complaint yellow flag law you cannot do that um, it has to be involved. Police have to do it. Mm. In this particular instance, with police knowing about the threats that he made to um, the Army base where he was a trainer, saying that he was going to uh, shoot shoot up the Army base, it, it, there could be some blame to go around on this, yeah. on on why this was not looked into more serious, especially with the fact that he he was in a mental facility for two weeks this summer. So we'll talk more about this this morning as we go on. It's also a a big week. Hold on to your uh, wallets because uh, it's a big week for the Fed. Wednesday, we're going to find out if they're going to raise the interest rates again. November 1st. Yep, November Mm. 1st. So they'll they'll start meeting tomorrow. They'll make the announcement on Tuesday, which we don't care about the announcement. Everybody pays attention to if uh, the Fed chairman frowns during his uh, question and answer interview afterwards. If he frowns, that's... Six more weeks of uh, bad stock market reports. It's kind of like it's kind of like Groundhog Day. Stocks this morning after same thing seeing, over and over and over yeah, and over and over. After seeing a, a down week last week, stocks futures uh, this morning up 188 points on the Dow as of right now. Four of the last five days on the Dow have been to the downside. Nasdaq and Standard and Poor uh, ended the week officially in correction territory for the year. So down more than 10% mm. 
uh, as of Friday. So that's some of the things that uh, we will be looking uh, into and talking about today. Phone lines are open at 208-336-3700, pound 670 on your Verizon Wireless. Had a fantastic weekend for all my sports teams. They all won. All right. Well done. Boise State started it off for us mm-hmm. by winning on uh, that, that was Saturday. Nice. That was nice because there was very little suspense. It was nice <laughs> because for the first time this year, you can say you saw Boise State play and a complete mm-hmm. game for four full quarters. And uh, it, it was nice to read uh, stories in newspapers or online anyway. Uh, on Sunday that included the word meltdown when it wasn't Boise State (laughs) that melted down. It was Wyoming that had a meltdown, according to all the Wyoming papers. And and quite frankly, you could say, I mean, Wyoming had been averaging 164 yards a game rushing. They had 27 against Boise State. Could not not get it going. That's awesome, yeah. Seattle won and is now in first place after it looked like San Francisco was going to run away with the uh, NFC West. San Francisco has now lost three in a row. Mm -hmm. And they didn't even get close yesterday to Cincinnati. College of Idaho won. And the University of Idaho, number ninth ninth ranked in the nation, beat the number two ranked team in the nation when they beat Montana State on Saturday. A lot of happy Vandal fans. (laughs) By the way, uh, it is Bronco Monday. Bob Beeler will be with us. We'll be talking about the most recent game against Wyoming. Um, so basically, Boise State is 1-0 and in the playoffs because their playoffs started against Wyoming, basically, for all intents and purposes. Now they will travel for round two against Fresno State. Mm. L- lose, and you're pretty much out of the Mountain West discussion unless Air Force, for instance, just falls yeah, completely apart. there's a miracle. Yeah. So win and, and advance, so they're kind of in the playoffs. We'll talk about that in the upcoming game. Don't forget, we also have play of the game coming up. If you listen to the post game after the game on Saturday, you know what that play of the game is. we got some free food to give away. We'll do that at about 8.55 this morning. Right now, there's lots of other sports going on in the world. Chris is here to tell you about it. It's brought to you by Pork Belly in CUNA, the place to go, breakfast or lunch. Don't forget, if you really love breakfast, not so much lunch, the great thing about Pork Belly is you can get breakfast the entire time they are open, 7 a.m. to 2 p.m., seven days a week. The Boise State women's soccer team Sunday shut out Nevada 2-0 in Laramie, Wyoming, to advance to the second round of the 2023 Mountain West Soccer Championship Tournament. The Broncos now have 11 wins, three losses, and six ties. Goals against the uh, Wolfpack were scored by Kenzie McMillan and Sophie Drown. Carly Cross had an assist. Boise State goalkeeper Genevieve Crenshaw recorded four saves. Next up for the Broncos will be Utah State Wednesday at 11 a.m. in Laramie. Georgia is still number one in the latest Associated Press College football poll. The Bulldogs are one of eight remaining undefeated teams in Division I FBS. Following Georgia are Michigan, Ohio State, Florida State, and Washington, all undefeated. Oregon is 7-1. and one. They climb to number six in the poll after dismantling Utah on Saturday. Rounding out the top ten are one-loss teams, Texas, Alabama, Penn State, and Oklahoma. The Sooners suffered their first loss of the season on Saturday, 38-33 to Kansas. Mississippi at 7-1 and one is ranked number 11. Notre Dame is the top-ranked two-loss team at number 12. Undefeated Air Force is number 17 this week. And unbeaten James Madison is number 23. The only undefeated team outside the top 25 is Liberty, who got enough votes to rank number 28. Besides Air Force... 
The only other Mountain West team receiving any votes in the poll was Fresno State at number 29. That's sports. Ben Shapiro this afternoon at 1. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. Monday morning, back at it. Thanks for listening in. Uh, much appreciated. Remember, you can always be more of a part of the show by uh, taking part at 208-336-3700. Toll free 1-800-529-5264. Freak accident over the weekend. This is just absolutely... Uh, Amazing and horrifying at the Scary, same time. Even happened in uh, England in uh, what is essentially a minor league hockey game. Nottingham was the team, and um, there was a guy named Adam Johnson, twenty nine years old, and he was a player. He had been in the NHL at one time, but uh, was down in, in the uh, minors playing in England. And there was a collision on the ice. You know, I mean, there are collisions on the ice every five seconds in hockey. But this particular time, you know, they fell down. He got a skate in the neck, and it apparently sliced his jugular. And that was all. He uh, he died, uh, I guess, on the way to the hospital officially. But uh, there was just, you know, blood everywhere. And he, he tried to skate over to the uh, uh, the bench and uh, just fell to the to the ice about halfway there. And the players uh, all gathered around him and kind of created a screen so nobody else could see. And the medical people were working on him. And then wow. they then they brought in some screens and announced that the game was was over. Yeah, uh, you you don't uh, keep moving very long with the the amount of blood loss when you uh, get your jugular cut. And yeah, um, people who get their jugulars cut, um, it, it's almost always but, fatal. And yes, he did. He he passed away. So only twenty nine years old. It's. Playing hockey. Too bad, yeah. Occasionally, these things happen. I mean, in, in, in the history of Major League Baseball, there's been one guy who died during a game, and he was it was before batting helmets, and he was hit right in the side of the head with a, a fastball from one of the best pitchers. Mm-hmm. And uh, he staggered toward first base and then just fell, and that was it for him. Now, there has been uh, in the history a lot of people who have died in the stands from getting hit by baseballs. Once in a while, yeah. And, yeah. and pucks in hockey as well. Yeah. Just very dangerous. Uh, like I said, it, I mean, you're talking like a, a, a one in, yeah, my yeah, guess it was would a, be fluke. a one in 100 million it, it, chance it was, of it, ha- it happening. It was. It was truly a fluke. But, uh, uh, you know, unfortunately, it was his time, I guess. Yeah. And, and the crazy part is, I know they're called blades, uh, but hockey skates are, are not like sharp as knives or anything like that for people who have never played hockey or done skating. Yeah. Um, they're not super sharp. So, I mean, this just goes to, it, like you said, it, it's just a freak thing that yeah, it happened. Was, it was probably more of a gouge than it was a slice. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And yeah. just happened to hit the exact right. right place at the exact right time and unfortunately uh, it was deadly. Emails, uh, also a way to get through to us. You can email Chris at KBOI.com, Mike at KBOI.com. Uh, you can text us, too. Uh, not going to do any texting winning uh, today. Boise State plays on the road this week, so we're not giving away tickets to the Boise State game. Uh, but we will be talking more about that. Like I said, it is Bronco Monday. Bob Beeler will be with us coming up at about 835. Listen to KBOI online. Go to KBOI.com and click the Listen Live button. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI.
You start with a thunderclap. Hi, my name is Matthew, although you may know me by another name. My bottle of vodka and 55 Vicodin per day. I, I don't know how he's a, he was still alive yeah, at this point anyway. That's quite an addiction. 55, I mean, anybody who has ever done Vicodin. Have you done Vicodin? Have, have I been put on Vicodin before? I don't think so. I have uh, a, a couple of different times. And uh, you're after one Vicodin, you're feeling pretty good. So I, so I don't it's, know it's, how it's, much your tolerance has built up that you think you need 55. So it's for pain. Yeah. And he took 55 a day. Yeah. Wow. Must have been in some serious pain. Matthew Perry, uh, of course, passed away over the weekend. Only 54 years old. Apparent drowning. Uh, I think when we get the autopsy, you're going to find it. There's probably something else uh, there. Although, I mean, I, I watched on social media and people going, okay, people just don't drown in a hot tub. And it's like, um, actually, people drown uh, in a hot tub or a just a regular tub, uh, on average, one person per day in the United States. Uh, yeah, people who are inebriated, mm-hmm. uh, people who you know pass out for whatever reason and just end up drowning. Or it's a possibility that Matthew Perry had a cardiac arrest and, uh, you know, that rendered him unconscious and he slipped below the water and that was all there was to that. You can actually pass out from the heat of a hot tub and drown um, because your capillaries get opened up so much you lose, you, you start to stand up and you lose all the blood into your brain, goes to the rest of your body, and it's been known that people have passed out just mm. just from that. If you pass out and nobody is there with you, in the hot tub and you go below water, you're going to be dead yeah. because you have nobody there to save you. And it, we know that the, at this point that he was there by himself. His assistant came back after he had sent her on errands and found her and called 911. We, we used to have a hot tub. Uh, it was great in July because the heating element was broken. <laughs> See, now we did the, in the, it's awesome in the wintertime, we'd heat it to 106, and it, it, yeah. if you were cold, you'd just go out there and you'd get warmed up. But even in, in the summertime, um, there were times where we would use it, but we would turn the heat down to right. where it was you know 90, and we didn't have a heated pool at the time, um, so it was much nicer than, you know. Hey, we didn't have a heated pool either, yeah. and we still don't, or any <laughs> other kind of pool. But uh. Well, we had a pool, it just wasn't heated. That, well, it was heated. But by, have, but by the sun. We occasionally have puddles. You have a sprinkler? Well, yeah, no, you don't. You probably didn't have a sprinkler either because your green was always dead, or your grass was always no, we, dead. No, we, we fixed the sprinkler this year. So oh, the see, gra- now the if the you grass want, is green now. strip off your clothes or go run in the sprinkler. Keep cooled down. If I want, okay. Because I don't, I don't your want. Your neighbors might not want, but. No. KBY News Time 645. Time for another check on what's going on with sports this morning. Once again, brought to you by our friends at Pork Belly and Cuna, the place to go. You want breakfast or lunch? They open up here in 15 minutes, as they do every day, seven days a week. Don't forget, if you don't want to or don't have time to get in for breakfast, you can get through their coffee drive through Hip drips, you got energy drinks, you got coffee, iced coffee, hot coffee, whatever. Uh, much quicker, go through their drive through It opens at 7 a.m. also. Hip drips, by the way, not a medical problem. 
Monday Night Football starts at 6 on ABC. It's the Raiders at 3-4 and four against the Lions, who are 5-2. and two. The Eagles have the best record in the NFL following Sunday's games at 7-1. and one. Philadelphia outlasted Washington 38-31. There were five touchdowns in the fourth quarter of that game, three by the Eagles, two by the Commanders. The Seahawks are 5-2 and two after defeating Cleveland 24-20. The Cowboys also 5-2. and two. They clobbered the Rams 43-20. Miami is 6-2 and two after beating the Patriots 31-17. Baltimore 6-2. and two. They beat Arizona 31-24. Three weeks ago, the 49ers were 5-0. and Now they're 5-3 and after a 31-17 loss to the Bengals. And Denver had its best day of the season so far, defeating Kansas City 24-9. That drops the Chiefs to 6-2. and Game 3 of the World Series starts at 6 tonight in Phoenix. It'll be on Fox Television. The Rangers and Diamondbacks are tied at one game apiece. Friday night, Adolis Garcia hit a walk-off home run in the 11th inning, lifting Texas to a 6-5 victory. And Saturday, Arizona overwhelmed the Rangers 9-1. Designated hitter Tommy Pham went 4-4 four for four and scored two runs in that game. That's sports. Your Google Play, simply say, hey Google, play 670 KBOI. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. For the next five years, high school students in Oregon will not need to perform proficiency tests showing mastery of reading, writing, or math in order to graduate. And this comes as the Oregon Board of Education unanimously voted to extend a pause on the graduation requirement yesterday until 2028. They're citing inefficiency and inequity. Joel Jones going beyond the headlines tonight to find out what this pause will mean for students. This is a controversial decision and one that's facing a lot of pushback. While some say the decision will lower state standards and cheapen an Oregon diploma, the Oregon Department of Education tells me this policy simply didn't work and disproportionately harmed students of color. Hmm. You know, there's a lot I don't understand every day about things going on in life. This one is another one I just don't understand. Both your parents were teachers, Chris. Mm-hmm. My, my mom is uh, used to be uh, and still is a teacher here in Idaho. Yeah, I, she's hanging on. <laughs> I I I don't understand this. I don't understand how you say, "Hey, um, this disproportionately uh, affects children of color," so we're going to make it so that nobody has to prove that they know reading writing, and math when they graduate. Now it is... Yeah, it still seems like uh, proficiency would be important in those subjects. Wouldn't it? I, I, I just I don't understand going to the lowest common denominator here saying, well, these people have much, much more trouble reaching these testing levels, so we're just going to get rid of testing levels for everybody. How yeah, about that, raising that, the bar that, instead of that, lowering? That doesn't seem like it should be the uh, solution to the problem. <laughs> yeah, and maybe I'm missing something. You know, because I I grew up being the kid of a uh, teacher. Same same with you. Mm-hmm. Maybe we're missing something. Maybe somebody can point out something that we're missing here. Um, but this is this is uh, a new decision that will go into effect until at least 2029. Um, they started these, this, by the way, because of COVID, because of the lack of ability to go to schools during COVID, to people falling behind during COVID. 
Um, but apparently they thought it was such a good idea that they're going to be extended for another five years. Now, this doesn't mean, by the way, uh, that reading, writing, and math aren't going to be taught, and you still don't have to Mm -hmm. go to school to learn these things. It's just at the time to graduate, you don't have to prove that you learned it. So just because you're being taught doesn't mean necessarily that it's sunk in. There's a lot of things that I was taught during school that never sunk in. Did you take the the SAT or the ACT when you were in high school? I want to remember. I think I took both. I never took the SAT, but I took the ACT uh, simply because I was planning to go to college in Idaho. Mm -hmm. And Idaho colleges don't require that you have the SAT, but they do prefer that you have at least taken the ACT. Yeah. So, I, I mean, I don't want to say that, you know, just because they're suspending basic learning requirements to graduate doesn't mean that they're not still going to be teaching the student. I mean, you, you still have reading. You still have math. It's going to be taught in school. You still have, you're still going to be taught to write in school. Yeah. Um, you just don't have to prove that you're proficient at it now to get a uh, uh, diploma? diploma when you graduate. And, and see, that's that's uh, unfortunate uh, simply because, I mean, any school, uh, their reputation is based on who graduated from there, you mm-hmm. know, and, and how proficient uh, anybody is who went through that school. And if you are, if you say, okay, I'm a graduate of whatever school it is, and here's my diploma, and uh, can you read it to me, please? I mean, that just right there kind of negates everything. And what happens when they do go on to college? So you, you get your diploma, right? And you get into college, and all of a sudden you get into college, and they go, you don't know math, and you don't know how yeah. to read. Well, it, we, we can't have you in this class. Well, if and, you go to a state and, school, you can, you can you know, start over, essentially, because they have uh, like what they call zero-level classes where you more or less just catch up what you didn't learn in high school. Mm-hmm. But uh, in a private school, they would probably just dismiss you. Yeah. Pretty crazy. Your thoughts, if you want to weigh in, 208-336-3700, pound 670 on your Verizon Wireless. But like I said, it's going to be going on until 2029. Uh, it has been going on for the past couple of years. Like I said, it began because of uh, COVID. Don't forget, coming up here this morning, a couple chances for you to do some winning of Deja Brew. Uh, our first chance coming up, of course, with a Casper and Chris, damn near impossible question. Play of the game is also on the way. So if you know the play of the game, you listen in. Uh, a reminder to be listening in at 8.55 during Bronco Monday. And we'll give you a chance to identify if you're the first person to do mm-hmm. it. $50 gift certificate to Deja Brew. I, I know what the play of the game is. Hey. And... It's the you one can't that, win. It's the one that I would have chosen. <laughs> Wes in Boise, listening on 670 AM this morning. Good morning. You're on News Talk KBOI. Hey, how are you guys doing today? Good. Hey, just got a couple co- uh, comments. One, um, you know, one thing that gets old is uh, everybody. Uh, everybody's a, a color, you know, a person of color. Everybody's color, whether black or white. That gets old. And the second thing is, how would you like to be an individual that is always uh, thought of the only way you made it is because of your color, not because you made an effort or put all your, your, your everything into it, but you only made it because of your color. I wonder if that makes them feel, you know, inadequate all the time because 
to me, everybody's equal. They should be treated equal. They should make it if they they made it. If they don't make it, it's because they didn't try hard enough. It's not because you're not smart enough because of the color of your skin. To me, that would get extremely old. What's your thoughts on it? Well, there there was a time when uh, if you were black, you would be turned away from certain colleges. And, you know, no matter how hard you worked. Exactly. A certain time ago, not any longer. I've got plenty of friends of of different color, and they get tired of it. Always being treated because they didn't make it because they didn't try hard enough uh, or or, or because of the color of their skin. No. They want to be treated equal and know they made it because they worked Mm -hmm. hard, not because somebody helped them. Well, it doesn't matter how you're treated. I mean, what, what matters is, you know, what you believe. If you believe you worked hard enough and that's why you either made it or you believe you didn't work hard enough and that's why you didn't, then, uh, you know, that's that's great, but that's within you. Thank you for the call, Wes. Uh, appreciate it. And, uh, I, I, you know, I didn't even think about it that way, but it does give you um, a way to think about if you hear that and you are a kid of color and going, wait a minute, you're saying basically I'm not smart enough to do the work yeah. here. You know, I, I didn't even think of it that way, but that's kind of what they're saying. If you're a person of color, do you take offense to that comment? I don't know. I'm not a person of color. If you are, I'd love to hear from you. 208-336-3700, pound 670 on your Verizon and Wireless. It's going to check on uh, sports once again with Chris. It's brought to you by Pork Belly and Cuna, the place to go if you're looking for a delicious breakfast and, and the food made from scratch. I mean, I'm talking some wonderful things like homemade Marionberry cream cheese, in-house smoked pork belly and pulled pork, homemade sausage gravy made every day from scratch. Get in and find out why so many people love pork belly and cuna. In the NBA, there are six remaining unbeaten teams, the Nuggets, Pelicans, Mavericks, Pacers, Celtics, and uh, Denver is 3-0. and They beat Oklahoma City 128-95. Uh, Nikola Jokic had 28 points and 14 rebounds in that game. Four teams have yet to win a game this season. Among those, the Trailblazers are 0-3. The Boise State women's soccer team Sunday shut out Nevada 2-0 in Laramie, Wyoming to advance to the second round of the 2023 Mountain West Soccer Championship Tournament. The Broncos now have 11 wins, 3 losses, and 6 ties. Goals against the Wolfpack were scored by Kenzie McMillan and Sophie Drown. Carly Cross had an assist. Boise State goalkeeper Genevieve Crenshaw recorded four saves. Next up for the Broncos will be Utah State Wednesday at 11 a.m. in Laramie. That's sports. Casper and Chris on iHeartRadio app. We are News Talk KBOI. Something. I wish. No, oh no, not a good trip. It was a great trip, but uh, unfortunately did not um, did not bring one home. But mm. you know, just the, the, the luck of the draw sometimes. So it's looking like got, forward to some elk jerky. Dang it. As as was I. <laughs> but you know, beautiful country, really reinvigorating, and you know, this part of uh, hunting is I think it alludes to investing. You know, you have to embrace the suck when it comes to hunting, right? You, well, this morning so far, it doesn't it doesn't suck too bad. Dow futures are up 216 points. However, uh, I did notice uh, on Friday, it was at the NASDAQ and the S&P both entered corre- official correction territory. Um, and that's ahead of this week, which is supposed to be a really 
huge week for economic news that we're going to be watching out for, correct? Yeah, there's there's lots of data on deck this week. And yeah, if we're talking about correction territory, I mean, let's just call it for what it is. So we saw these, uh, I mean, a few of the major indexes pull down 10% from their peak that we saw in later in later July. And there's really a couple things that have been driving that. It's the interest rate uh, volatility that we've seen. But also we've seen some mixed earnings reports on these mega cap tech stocks like Amazon, uh, Alphabet, Meta, Microsoft, even though Microsoft did outperform. They drove the rally, but now we're starting to see them drag down on the major indexes really this month. So now you look at where we are going into this week. We're seeing futures in positive territory. We're seeing a little bit of a bump in uh, McDonald's um, earnings. You're seeing the consumer starting to kind of step down, tighten the belt a bit from higher cost, more um, value-driven items like McDonald's. So this is where your consume. This is where being well diversified can usually work in your favor. Where you're working, where you hold on some solid consumer staple stocks, where people look to as a flight to safety. But yeah, if we're looking at the data coming through this week, there's two big items. You have the Federal Reserve meeting on deck, where they're going to make their next next rate decision. That's on Wednesday, and we're also going to listen to comments made by Jerome Powell and looking hopefully for some clarity. Or is there going to be more confusion left for us to digest for the next few weeks? And also, we have the October job numbers, which are due on Friday, in addition to also big earnings that are going to be trickling through this week. So again, earnings has been has a, been a big contributor of this drop that we've seen in the major indexes, because again, this is a market. Now, earnings, looking in the rearview mirror, they've been solid. They've held up. What's really changed is the forward-looking guidance has not been as a rosy of a picture. And again, the market is a discounting mechanism. They're not looking in the past. It's looking in the future. They're seeing that numbers might not be uh, justifiable to the stock price that's there. So we're seeing a an adjustment in the stock price, which is normal. The activity that we're seeing right now in the market, it's not some... I think it's more of a bump in the road than this outlier um, big event that's happening. I mean, this is kind of standard activity in the market, in my opinion, that we're seeing. Uh, looking uh, ahead... My guess is here, and you can kind of weigh in on this, where the, uh, like I said, all three of the indexes up this morning, Dow's up over 200 points uh, ahead of the opening right now. Uh, my guess is that the stock market is weighing in already that they don't think that the Fed's going to be raising interest rates uh, either this week or maybe even in December before uh, next year. That is the general consensus right now. If you look at what the market is actually pricing in when it comes to the, um, the Fed's future, the Fed funds future market, they, I mean, it's almost a guarantee. I mean, nothing's guaranteed, but it's, uh, that basically general consensus is that the Fed is going to stay put. They are not going to make a move. But again, what we've seen in these Federal Reserve meetings these past few times is again, it, their decision has been right in line with expectations. But it's the commentary afterwards, and it seems like the prepared remarks doesn't really drive the market. But then when it's uh, like off the cuff uh, mm-hmm. Q and A and comments made, th- sometimes that changes the narrative a little bit. Market digests it in a, in a different way, and we see some weird action. So I I'd be curious to see what that commentary is after we see the the rate decision, which is likely going to be nothing. It'll again be a pause. It'll probably be your standard commentary of saying, "Hey, we're looking at the data. We feel like our." We feel like our rate policy is working. We got to give it time to trickle through into this, into the data. 
But then again, when we come to that Q&A, is that following suit or is it more of a hawkish tone? Is it a dovish tone? We don't know because the last the last commentary that we have from Jerome Powell, it was a tale of two sides. The prepared commentary told one story and then his Q&A told a completely other one, which left the market uh, a yeah. bit confused and uncertain. And when well, you have uncertainty, you see volatility. Sometimes it's not even the comment. Sometimes he just gives a dirty look to the camera when he makes his comments and people go, oh, that's bad. That means it's going to be bad for the next year. Yeah, he coughs, clears his throat, or wipes his nose a little bit, and it's like, geez, sell, 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 right? All right. Um, like I said, we're going to open up across the board, it looks like, here in the next five minutes, uh, up uh, almost 100 points on the NASDAQ. We've got the Dow that is up uh, over 200 points as of right now. S&P is uh, also up about 27 points. So looking like good news today after four of the last five days uh, in the stock market have been bad. We're looking to at least a good start for the day. We'll get some updates throughout the day. Good to have you back. We'll talk to you again tomorrow. Thanks, Jess. Broadcasting from the Empire Title Studios, we are News Talk KBOI. 733. 259 points to the good on the Dow right now. It was up uh, over 300 just uh, a couple of minutes ago. But it just opened up three minutes ago. Lots, lots of time left in the Jerome day. Jerome Powell, get out of bed. <laughs> uh, did, did, he, did he sneeze? What is it? Today is the uh, 30th. Tomorrow, of course, will be uh, Halloween. Man, uh, it, there's not much time left before the end of the year, especially not a lot of time left. Uh, before we get underway, it's already underway, basically, with the Toys for Tots with KBOI. Our toy drive brought to you by Idaho Central Credit Union, Scandinavian Design, Weathertight Roofing, and Kendall Auto Group is back. Black Friday, November 24th through Tuesday, December 5th. We are already getting toys dropped off. We've uh, got locations throughout the Treasure Valley. Now, if you're interested, we've got uh, about 100 boxes that we can uh, drop off so that if your business, your office, you have a large family that would like to do it, your church group, whatever, we'd like to invite you to take part in this year in helping to uh, get the toys gathered for the U.S. Marine Corps Reserve to make sure that everybody, all the kids from Riggins to Elko, Nevada, Baker City to Bliss have a very... Happy Christmas this year. So if you'd like to be involved, um, you can get involved and email Nate Shellman, Nate at KBOI.com. Let him know that you would like to take part in this and be a part of it. And he will make sure that boxes get delivered to you so that you can take part in this. And then once again, we'll get underway broadcasting live uh, from Sportsman's Warehouse, November 24th. That is Black Friday through December 5th. And uh, Chris and I will be doing the show every morning out there live, uh, as we have in the past, um, hoping to meet, greet, and uh, help you deliver. I don't, I don't, we uh, help unload even sometimes when we have time. So once again, take part. If you need more information, Nate at KBOI.com. Huge thank you to all of our sponsors, uh, including a special mention to Bish's RV because... Uh, yeah, we love them. I, I wasn't here the first couple of years when there was no RV, but I heard the horror it was, stories. It was colder. Mm-hmm. Uh, also, thanks to TDS Fiber, Idaho Marine, and so, so many more that helped to make Toys for Tots a possibility. And once again, you being a part of it is a big part of Toys for Tots with News Talk KBOI. The Great One, Mark Levin, tonight at 7. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk. KBOI. 
208-336-3700, pound 670 on your Verizon wireless. If you want to be a part of the show, it's always encouraged. You can also email us, chris at kboy.com, mike at kboy.com. You can also uh, text us, which, by the way, is the same as our main number at 208-336-3700. Don't forget those numbers are going to come in handy a little bit later this morning. We have our play of the game. This will be coming up a little over an hour from right now. During Bronco Monday, if you know what the play of the game was, make sure you're listening in. If you just want to take a guess at it, might be a little more difficult this week because there were a lot of plays that you could have said, oh, that's a play of the game right there. But if you listen to the post game with Johnny in the ball game, uh, you do, with uh, Prater in the ball game, rather, you do know what the play of the game is, and that's the easiest way to win. We'll have a $50 gift certificate coming up here for you once again this morning uh, from Deja Brew Bistro. So be listening in uh, beginning at about 8.55 to call in and win. Um, talking about the uh, education system uh, in Oregon, um, where for the next five years, as a process of uh, graduation, you will not have to prove that you are proficient. You will not have to test to show that you are proficient in reading, math, and writing to graduate. John has written in and says regarding Oregon and no graduation competency test, the lunacy of Oregon shines brightly once again, so it's not fair that some people are goofing off in school and can't pass a competency test. So also, oh darn, they can't get a good paying job because they can't even fill out a job application or write a resume. That's easy to fix. Just program that computer's algorithm to look at applications from Oregon last. Dan in New Meadows writes in, the education system is going exactly as planned. Oregon is leading the way with legalization of all drugs, no education requirements, Democratic state leadership doing Democratic things. This should help stop the need for student loans. Watch this backfire and spread to other Democrat states. I don't know if this, this doesn't stop the need for student loans. You've graduated from high school. You've you officially graduated from high school, so there's no problem with you getting yeah. a loan and going to college. Now, you go to college, you may drop out because you realize you can't do math, you can't read, and you can't write. You're still going to have to pay that loan back. Just because, These kids are still going to graduate. That's, what, that's all this does is it takes away the requirement mm-hmm. of testing to prove that they could graduate that has been in effect up until I- before COVID. I got into an argument sometime back, you know, when uh, Herschel Walker was running for office, and and I said that I uh, had read a report that said that you know he was one of those athletes that wasn't required to go to classes; they just passed him on through on a lot of his uh, courses. And I said, I don't know if it's true; it's just you know something I read, and uh, I I said that on uh, the internet at one point, and people were just giving me thunder about it, saying, you know, he made so much money for that university, and he did this, and he did that. And my only point was, yes, but they gave him a bachelor's degree in something that he may not actually have earned. Mm -hmm. And the fact is, if somebody hires him expecting him to know what anybody with a bachelor's degree in that subject should know, he may not. Uh, You know, he's done fine, obviously. He was employed by the NFL and did pretty well. Mm Mm-hmm. Billy and Fruitland uh, writes in, to answer your question, it's called the dumbing down of America. Don't forget, it originates from Oregon. This one's not signed, but it says this white man saying that color doesn't matter anymore. Yes, no slaves, no more whites only. Women can buy homes without a husband. We've come a long way as a person of color and a woman. Yes, it's still a thing. 
great for you that these issues don't affect you, but they still affect the rest of us. Even zip code affects you. Ask a West Ada kid versus a Fort Hall kid how different their education is. It's not life or death, but there are still differences. Saying there isn't is fantasy. And you get a different education if you grow up in a city as opposed to growing up in a, a small town where uh, you have a much smaller school and maybe you've only got, you know, when, when my dad first uh, taught school, he taught at Bellevue and there were four teachers in the entire school. That was it. And then eventually Bellevue uh, closed and, and they, you know, consolidated as Wood River, which is a much bigger school. I was just going to ask how, how big was Bellevue at the time, too? Uh, I mean, about, that makes about, a difference. About 500 people. Was, and they only had four teachers total. Mm-hmm. Wow. Well, and that wasn't just uh, high school. It was like four teachers for the school. Right. Right. That's why, I mean, when I asked you that question, I figured, you know, hey, there was 29 kids in Mm -hmm. the uh, whole school. My my dad wasn't a real sporto, but he had to be the assistant coach for every uh, sport (laughs) because the principal, uh, who was also one of the teachers, was the head coach, and he was the assistant coach, and that was just the way it was. One away in, 208-336-3700, pound 670 on your Verizon wireless. You can email us. You can also text us. Same as our main number. Time for a final check on what's going on with sports once again this morning. Uh, brought to you by our friends at Park Valley and CUNA, where they are there every morning. They wake up early just for you so that you are uh, going to have a delicious breakfast. Uh, once again, they open up at 7 a.m. every single day. Try their, uh, I would highly suggest, chicken fried steak. Some of the best you're going to find anywhere. And usually chicken fried steak is um, not the best cut of steak that they use, but they just pound it into um, tenderness. These guys use some of the best cuts of their steak for the chicken fried steak, and it's about yeah. a half inch thick, yeah, something you don't very often see. So try it out. The uh, gravy that goes with it's fantastic, too. Pork belly in downtown Cuna. Georgia is still number one in the latest Associated Press college football poll. The Bulldogs are one of eight remaining undefeated teams in Division One FBS. Following Georgia are Michigan, Ohio State, Florida State, and Washington, all undefeated. Oregon is 7-1. and one. They climbed to number 6 in the poll after dismantling Utah on Saturday. Rounding out the top 10 are one-loss teams, Texas, Alabama, Penn State, and Oklahoma. The Sooners suffered their first loss of the season on Saturday, 38-33 to Kansas. Mississippi at 7-1 and one is ranked number 11. Notre Dame is the top-ranked two-loss team at number 12. Undefeated Air Force is number 17 this week, and unbeaten James Madison is number 23. The only undefeated team outside the top 25 is Liberty, who got enough votes to rank number 28. Besides Air Force, the only other Mountain West team receiving any votes in the poll was Fresno State at number 29. Monday Night Football starts at 6 on ABC. It's the Raiders at 3-4 and four against the Lions, who are 5-2. and two. The Eagles have the best record in the NFL following Sunday's games at 7-1. and one. Philadelphia outlasted Washington 38-31. There were five touchdowns in the fourth quarter of that game, three by the Eagles, two by the Commanders. The Seahawks are 5 and 2 after defeating Cleveland 24-20. The Cowboys 5 and 2, they clobbered the Rams 43-20. Miami is 6 and 2 after beating the Patriots 31-17. Baltimore 6 and 2, they beat Arizona 31-24. 3 weeks ago the 49ers were 5 and 0, now they're 5 and 3 after a 31-17 loss to the Bengals and Denver had its best day of the season so far defeating Kansas City 24-9. That drops the Chiefs to 6 and 2. That's sports. Remember, if you missed any part of Casper and Chris this morning, check out their podcast on the KBOI app or on KBOI.com. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. The dumbing down of America continues that just some of our reporting 
over the last few weeks on the lowering of standards in the name of equity, and Oregon does not want to be left behind. They say students don't need to prove mastery of reading, writing, or math to graduate high school. Evidently showing requirements and having requirements unnecessarily and disproportionately harms students of color. Thus, goodbye requirements. Here's the school board explaining their logic. Report uh, brought to light several impacts on students, uh, primarily students of color, students with IEPs, and students who are English learners who, because of uh, the requirement, uh, were being excluded from uh, learning opportunities at the high school level because they were working on trying to pass a test. Even though they gave the explanation, I still don't understand it. Yeah. Hmm. Uh, it, th- there's got to be a different solution. You can't just not require students to prove they can read and write and do math and give them a diploma anyway. I mean, there have to be some standards. You, I mean, would, obviously, you would think, right? obviously, obviously, passing all your classes is a good one. But again, you shouldn't be passing your classes if you don't know how to read or write. I wonder, you know, if you look at this at the flip side and you bring up, hey, if you pass your classes, why do you have to prove that you comprehend reading, writing, and math. You've passed your classes. Because it always just seems like a good idea. Yeah. (laughs) Or maybe there might be, I'm not saying there is, but maybe there could be some lazy teachers that are like, well, I don't want this guy coming back next year, so I'm just going to pass him. Well, ideally, that wouldn't be the case, but you never know. Jeremy and Boise writes in, Oregon's decision to pull the bar that society uses to judge minimal levels of education is a perfect example of equity policies in action. How do you make everyone equal in achievement? Remove the opportunity for success and failure. There will no longer be disparities in colored people versus others in graduation rates. Certain ideological, uh, ideologically <laughs> driven people will celebrate this. Jill writes in and says, does Idaho make seniors take a test to graduate? Uh, 9 through 11, 9th grade through 11th grade, you're taking tests to see what they know, but I can't think of one they have to take to graduate. We don't even have to take ACT or SAT to get into college. We get bent out of shape about Oregon because it's liberal, but Idaho isn't that educated either. Uh, It would be interesting to see how many college grads there are in Oregon versus Idaho per capita. Idaho grad rates are some of the lowest in the country. Forget Oregon. Worry about Idaho. It's a good question. Yeah, I don't know whether we have a test or not, but if at, you're, at, at least we haven't announced that, hey, you don't even have to pass it. <laughs> I. Uh, it's been a long time since either of us have been in school. Yeah, 40 years, uh, apparently, if, approximately. If you are a teacher or an educator in a high school here in Idaho, Give us a call or email us, 208-336-3700, pound 670 on your Verizon wireless. You can email Chris at KBOI.com and Mike at KBOI.com. Is there basic tests here in Idaho as a senior that you have to pass before you can graduate? Or are we making a big deal out of nothing, and the only reason that we know about this in Oregon is because they announced it for the next five years. (laughs) They don't have to make pass tests. Now, that here's the one thing about Oregon. All right, before you before you get all bent out of shape. Before 
COVID, this started with COVID a couple of years ago, and they are extending it for the next five years to 2029. Before this, Oregon had testing mm-hmm. that you must pass before you were allowed to graduate so you can say what you want about other states this is a change for oregon i don't know how it compares to idaho it's been a long time since i've been in school but if you are a teacher or administrator in a uh, idaho school would love to hear your thoughts and input on this does idaho currently have testing that you must pass on reading math writing before you're uh, able to graduate, I don't, I don't I don't know I couldn't even say I I would my my first inclination would say well I think there there is but I can't say for sure that there is no. I don't know that's a good question that was brought up this morning. Gary from Napa says uh, reminder for those people for Halloween night, fun size candy bars are not fun. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Gary, I agree with you a hundred percent. It takes like uh, six fun-sized candy bars to be able to, before you finally you go, notice, okay, that was kind of fun. You ever notice how if a um, uh, a commercial on TV includes trick-or-treating in some way that they're always giving out full-size candy bars? Mm-hmm. But that's, you know, the fantasy world that is television. Well, it's also, you know, rich people. <laughs> well, it doesn't look like it on television, but... Uh, Mark from Caldwell writes in, uh, caught my eighth grader cheating by using a math app. Take a picture of a problem and it solves it for you. Heard they have the same thing for grammar now. SAT and equivalency need to stay. That's, it's, uh, it's, 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 it's not good to cheat, obviously, but it's good to have a resource like that if you aren't sure of your grammar or sure of your math. However, if you're taking tests, I mean, yeah. that is, that However, is if you're taking a test cheating. that tests your proficiency, that, uh, that, that shouldn't work that way. Kenny Kuna writes in, good morning, fellas. It honestly sounds like these, uh, setting, or they're setting these kids up for failure, knowing they don't need to pass a test, though, therefore, why study? And that's another good point. If you know that there is no test, how important uh, I mean, is it you for st- you to learn? You, you do still have grades. One would assume, but as long as they you're do getting, still have grades, right? Yeah, as yeah. long as you're getting C's and D's, you're still going to pass. Yeah, C's, right? Yeah, even with a D, you pass. Technically, in, I, I in, got a in, D. In, I passed. In in college, uh, you can you can get a D, but they recommend you take the t- the class again. Yeah, they recommended I take my class again, and I said <laughs> I ain't coming back to this sociology class ever again. I got my D. Thank you. Pass me. Goodbye. Did I tell you I hate sociology? I enjoyed sociology. <laughs> did you really? Yeah, of course, I, I mean, I didn't. Of course, my degree is from the School of Social Sciences and Public Affairs. Well, see, there you go. Mm-hmm. Um, I, mine was uh, from the School of Hard Knocks. KBOI News Time is eight thirteen. Stick around. Coming up next, we've got a fifty dollar gift certificate for Deja Brew Bistro. If you passed your high school courses about useless knowledge, this uh, could be easy for you this morning. It's a Casper and Chris damn near impossible question. We'll get to that right after Bronco Sports today. Today from 10 to 1, it's Dan Bongino. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. A23, Casper and Chris, damn near impossible question, is brought to you by Berkshire Hathaway Home Services Silverhawk Realty for all your real estate needs to make it through this crazy, crazy 
market. All you need to know is one number, 208-888. Oh, I just forgot the number off the top of my head. My bad. And I just lost the... There it is, 208-888-4128. That's so weird. It's because I never call them. <laughs> um, all right, Daniel, you're going to get first crack at our question today. Uh, a town in this state is located closer to six other state capital than its own state capital. We don't need to know the name of the town. Which state is it? That would be Texas. That would be Texas! Texas. Dallard, Texas, in northwest Texas, is 485 miles from Austin, making it closer to the state capitals of New Mexico, Colorado, Nebraska, Wyoming, and Oklahoma than it is to its own state capital in Austin, Texas. Yay. Congratulations. <laughs> uh, hold on the line, Daniel. We got Deja Brew, $50 gift certificate up for grabs for you. Um, we'll get some information from you. We've got Deja Brew to give away all this week. So don't worry if you didn't get through this morning. Chances to win all week long. And we're not done with Deja Brew today. Coming up next, after news at the bottom of the hour, Bob Beeler will be with us. It is Bronco Monday. That's why we're all in a good mood. We're talking about the latest win. Maybe even the best game that Boise State has played all year happened this weekend we'll be looking for the play of the game coming up at about 855 if you know what that play of the game is and you're the first person to tell us you'll get a 50 dollars gift to get to deja brew also listen in that's coming up in about a half an hour from now with play of the game brought to you by treasure valley subaru and coming up next we'll be talking about the uh, latest game against wyoming and also we'll talk about the upcoming game against fresno state coming up this weekend that's all on the way with bronco monday next this is bronco monday the ball is caught for a bronco touchdown we'll discuss the most recent boise state game and discuss the upcoming schedule now here's Mike Casper, Chris Walton, and the voice of the Broncos, Bob Beeler, on your flagship for Bronco football, News Talk, KBOI. 835, uh, Bob Beeler with us once again for Bronco Monday. Always super nice to have Bob in here. We, uh, not that we don't enjoy seeing you every week, but it's really nice to see you <laughs> uh, after a uh, win, uh, and especially since you, you kind of consider that... Uh, Boise State began the playoffs basically this last week where they pretty much have to win every game if they want to make it to the Mountain West Championship unless something blows up. Um, am I being hyperbolic, Bob, because you were in the uh, stands and you got to talk to the coaches and the players? Uh, am I being hyperbolic when I say I think this is the best game Boise State has played beginning to end all year? Certainly, and certainly when you, when you add everything in. Defense played two good halves. Offense was solid both halves. Six game in a row, this team has had 30 or more points. Hadn't done that since 2016, or fifth part of 15, part of 16. Uh, no, it was the most complete game of the season. They look like a team coming out of a bye where you could say, okay, they worked on this, that got better. Tackling was Tackle. better. I was just going to mention it. Yeah. was much was better. way better. Uh, and then you had pass rush that was better. Coverage was better. And a lot of times they go hand-in-hand hand because if I'm rushing you – uh, Mike, and I don't give you much time to throw, and Chris is covering, mm-hmm. Chris has to cover for less time yeah. if I'm getting in there and making the rush. So right. it, it, they had everything going for them against, against Wyoming. They got in front as well, 
And uh, it was a solid win. I mean, they had a running back coming in. He, now, he'd been hurt some and was hurt in the last game against Air Force in Whaley, who was averaging 135 yards rushing. And that's more than Genty averaged coming yeah. into the game. He was, he was averaging for, over six yards per rush. over seven. Over seven per rush. And he had 10 carries for 18 yards. Yeah. So wow. <laughs> they did not run the ball well. The quarterback was under duress most of the game. You know, the offense... It just feels weird when quarterbacks are going in and out, but it was effective. Yeah. You know, I mean, they, they had over 400 yards, over 200 of rushing and 200 passing. Yeah, it was very even. And then... What was you know, the difference you, of like eight or nine yards? You right? talk about being fortunate, the fact that George Jelani was back, and we were told, oh, you yeah. know, he'd be limited or, you know, would have a, a count as far as plays. Well, Genty gets hurt at halftime. And all of a sudden, the count kind of goes out the window, and Halani takes twenty carries. How, how big was that? And he looked good. He looked good. Yeah. He looked good too. Yeah. So, and the yeah. co- the coach said that uh, he doesn't think Gentile will be out for any extended period of time. I, of course, he doesn't want to give away everything. <laughs> no, but at least you've got Halani trending better. Right. And I thought Dubar, the freshman, we had two freshmen yeah. score their first touchdown at Boise State. Dubar running the ball and uh, Strawn catching the ball. By the way, that catch was fantastic. I mean, he just snatched that from the mm-hmm. Wyoming player because it could have very easily been uh, intercepted. He's He's got some strong hands. Yeah. So they haven't used him all that much. He only has three catches but did get the touchdown there. You know, you mentioned about a playoff. And if you're not Air Force, because they're undefeated yeah. right now, 5-0, mm-hmm. and oh, they'll play Army this week. So that's why they've played the one more uh, conference game than everybody else has in the league. It's a playoff every week because whoever loses the Boise State-Fresno State game mm-hmm. is going to have a second conference loss, and they will lose the tiebreaker yeah. to the other team. So you know, You're really I behind the eight ball, yeah. I guess it's possible that you could make the conference playoff if you lose this game this week well, on either side, be, but I'd, I wouldn't want to have the math to try to yeah, back it up. It's going to be tough this weekend. And, and it's going to be tough for Fresno, too. Mm-hmm. I mean, think about the games we played with them. How many times in the last eight or nine years we've played them twice? You know where we've played them in the regular season, and we've played them in the, in the in the conference championship. This is how big a game it is to Fresno. Just to give you an idea, their game against Boise State sold out three weeks ago. Yeah. So they're really looking forward, not just the team, uh, but this is circled, you know, uh, on the calendar by the fans because this is a really big big game. Because they, like all the other teams in the Mountain West, they don't very often beat Boise State, and they think this is a good year. Um, well, and, and, and also, they have a good team. They are seven and one. Air Force is eight and zero. They are seven and one. They beat Arizona State and Purdue in non-conference games. That you know, I'm not to say that Arizona State and Purdue are great in the Big Ten and the Pac-12, but you know, they still are Power Five teams, and they did mm-hmm. it on the road. Yeah. So. How big? And it's. I know this is more of an opinion. Um, but you had the uh, off off week, which of course uh, is good to work on things, and, and we mentioned that. Um, how big, though, do you think it is getting people like Derek Shran, Tram, Holani, and then you got all your offensive line back? How big is it? And, and maybe doesn't necessarily show up in the stat sheet as much, but how big is it? Because those are some of your best players that you got back that haven't played for a long time. Shram didn't play a whole lot in the game. He again, the defense wasn't out on the field a lot, mm-hmm. but he was out there some. They used seven different offensive linemen in the game. So normally you say the same five ride, but you know they they work in card and they work in carry on, and then Casey Dooley, Randolph Curran, and, and Beresford were the guys that started. I think it helps your depth. 
And there's, yeah, I think it helps morale too. Late in the game, there was a nice cushion so they could use anybody. For right, it. and then they substituted a right. few more people in there. And you know, you talk about how crisp and good Boise State looked off a bye. Wyoming had a bye too. Yeah, <laughs> they yeah. didn't look crisp. They did not look crisp. <laughs> the other thing I have to say that I I enjoyed, and I don't know if you saw this um, it, it, from the stands. Um, I I like the emotion that Avalos showed, and you don't see uh, Avalos show a lot of emotion. He's not one of those you know big emotion coaches that you'll see a lot of times. But we had that flag uh, thrown for taunting, and mm-hmm. I loved how he got after. Um, and I even forget. I think the name it was Oladipo. Oladipo. Yeah. How, how, and Oladipo had a fantastic game. Yeah. But that was a huge, huge mistake. And he was <laughs> after him on the sidelines. And I loved seeing that because you don't very often see him doing that. And I was no. Glad to and see I it. think I think he, you know, like most coaches, you'll live with a a clipping call or a yeah. holding call where in you're the trying, of the game. where you're working. But, but it's something extra. Yeah. I mean, you you don't was have to give him 15 yeah. yards. And I, I think it was a good teaching moment. KBOI News Times 842. We'll take a break. Uh, still on the way. We've got the play of the game coming up here. $50 gift certificate to Deja Brew Bistro. If you're listening to the post game, you know what that play is. We'll give that away coming up here within the uh, next 20 minutes. When we come back, we'll hear from the coach. Now back to Bronco Monday on your flagship for Bronco football. News Talk KBOI. 844. Bob Beeler with us uh, once again this morning. The uh, nice thing about a win, too, is uh, for another week, uh, the armchair quarterbacks won't be calling for everybody to be benched and the uh, coaches all to be fired. Fans well, have all the for, answers. At least for they? a week. Oh, yeah. It's too bad we can't get some of those fans to coach and we'd be undefeated right now. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Uh, Coach Avalos, needless to say, was in a good mood when we chatted with him after the game. And uh, we started with defense because they really did a good job holding Wyoming to 112 yards for the entire game total. And this is what he had to say about the defense uh, against the run especially. The guys are growing. They're, they're getting the understanding, you know, um, and being more consistent with the fits. And and the coaches did a good job of putting a plan together that really addressed uh, the things that they were trying. They've been doing very well, you know, as an offense. And Ultimately, it really comes down to not only getting in your fits, but we did a much better job tackling today. There's still obviously some things that we can clean up, but we spent a lot of time here in the last two weeks, and um, doesn't mean that it's us yet. We've got to continue to work on it and build these uh, habits so that it's, it's us all the time. But, I mean, it's, it comes down to playing physical at the line of scrimmage, winning with mentality, uh, fit, and tackling. Tackling's the key. I mean, if, if you... Get people, when you make contact, don't let them have a lot of extra yards. Mm-hmm. Huge. And uh, Boise State, I thought, tackled well. Uh, ask him about George Zelani coming back, 20 carries, 75 yards. This is what he had to say about his senior returning. Slightly a little bit more than the old pitch count was uh, intended huh. for, but you know what? Um, George George went ahead it any other way. I thought the coaches did a good job, even though we went just above it. Um, they did a good job putting uh, Breezy in there uh, when Ash had to step out. And uh, obviously, Breezy did a really good job. I mean, he's a young man growing right before our eyes. Now, I always wonder when they have, say, limited plays you know, that they want to run, you know, what the number was. Yeah. yeah. You know, he had 20 carries. Was 10 the number? Was 12 the number? Was 15 the number? Well, things changed because well, it, of Genty's injury. And even in the first half, though, when uh, when Genty was at full power, it seemed like he was playing quite sure. a bit. Yeah. yeah. 
Yeah, and then McAllister, the star of the game, really offensively because you had two quarterbacks that were throwing, and uh, both guys being smart, realizing that McAllister is the best offensive weapon on the field. Seven carries, excuse me, seven catches for 160 yards. This is what Coach had to say about his wideout. Yeah, it was explosive. Uh, the first one, you know, was uh, on a third down too, right? And so, not only was it a conversion on third down, but it goes a long ways. It's uh, it's just great to see. You know, we just got to. We got to keep growing. Um, whether it's Emac, um, just being consistent uh, with his approach each and every day, that's what it's going to take, you know, for us to be one and zero down the stretch here each and every week. And it's guys like him that you know we have a good game, we do well, but we get to celebrate it here for 24 hours, and then it's back to the grind and, and figuring out you know what the next challenge looks like. For me, looking at most improved and and uh, Notriani, who was injured last year, the linebacker maybe most improved because he didn't play at all last year. But of people who played last year, Ferguson Reynolds, in my opinion, is number one on most improved, the punter. Yeah. And then I think I put McAllister as number two. I mean, he was decent and then pretty good at the end of the season. But he's been great this year. He's been awesome. I mean, that, that first catch that he had, I mean, he carried the defender 10 yards mm-hmm. to get to the uh, <laughs> touchdown. And then, of course, we got Fresno State coming up as the games continue to be difficult in the Mountain West. Really a playoff game. Winner is still alive, basically, for the conference championship. Loser is going to need a lot of help. And uh, Coach looks forward to the rest of the season. Playing, there's again, there's a lot of great teams that um, present really different challenges each week. And it's, uh, it's getting, you know, as we go through it, it's really, as we talked about, whether it's on offense, defense, or special teams, it's really about getting our guys to, to understand that it's not the same each and every week. Um, there's different challenges that are going to present themselves from an offensive structure and their personnel to defensive structures and, and their personnel and things that we got to be aware of, things we got to be able to take away. And as a, as a younger team, you know, that's something that we, we have to understand that, yeah, it might be a Tuesday practice. It might look the same, you know, on certain things um, in terms of, the patterns of which we do our individual, our group periods, our team periods, but ultimately at the end of the day, every Tuesday practice is a new one. Playing Fresno State's only loss this season was in Laramie against Wyoming several weeks ago, twenty-four to nineteen. You asked me to compare the two guys. Fresno State is significantly better offensively than than Wyoming. Quarterback big advantage, in my opinion. I don't quite know how. Fresno lost the game. I did see the game, and, and Wyoming played extremely well. But they have a lot more weapons than Wyoming does on offense. And you might, Wyoming might be a little better defensively, but it's pretty close. You might you might give uh, credit to that 7,200 feet that a lot of people have trouble playing at when yeah. they travel to Wyoming. Yeah, so uh, that that's uh, what Coach had to say after the game, and I'm sure uh, – you know, as he said, 24-hour celebration. So the celebration probably ended sometime in the middle of the day on Sunday. And then it's, okay, we got to get ready for Fresno State. Yeah. And it'll be an evening game, 8 o'clock mountain kickoff. And I looked ahead. looks like weather during the day is going to be in the 70s in Fresno. So I kind of like when I see Fresno pop on the schedule in November. Yeah. When and, you're on the road. Instead of traveling to Wyoming or, or Colorado. <laughs> Although we get Logan, Utah towards the end of the game, so it can be a little nippy there. But I, I love the 3.30 game. We're going to find out today what time the New Mexico game is. That's the next home game the week after the Fresno game. I just love the late afternoon start. Yeah. I thought it was wonderful. I, I think the fans kind of do too because it, it gives you plenty of time to still, uh, you know, 
do a little partying before the game and tailgating, and then it still gives you the evening mm-hmm. uh, where you're not going, oh, man, i got to rush home and go to bed because it's yeah. midnight or 1 o'clock in the morning. So yeah. it's- we, we picked, my wife and I got takeout after the game, brought it home, and watched the entire Fresno-UNLV game. We got, you know, we got our food that and everything before game, that. It was a really good game. Fresno won at the end. And I think when you looked at that game, I'm thinking, we could still be playing. So yeah, we, were, we were eating dinner when, the, right. when that game was going on. So let's hope for a 3.30 game again. <laughs> All right. Uh, we'll take a break here. When we come back, we'll look ahead to the rest of the week and the Fresno State game. Talk a little bit more about that. Don't forget, we have the play of the game. If you know what that play of the game was, stick around. Coming up, we have a $50 gift certificate to Deja Brew Bistro for you. Now back to Bronco Monday on your flagship for Bronco football. News Talk, KBOI. 8.50. Three, uh, we're just off air, looking ahead to the rest of the season, which you can't do. I mean, Boise State has to take care of one game at a time because right. if they lose, they're just behind the A-ball, period. Um, you know, But just looking at the mathematics and everything, uh, Boise State just has to worry one game at a time. If they take one game at a time, and this is the goal that we've talked about all year, uh, if they win out, they're going to be in the uh, Mountain West Championship, right. just like their whole goal is every year to do so. Now, that's there's still four games, and those four games, you've got two really tough opponents. Fresno State is the first one. You have Air Force in the last game of the season on Black Friday. Um, but it is still ahead of them, and if they can continue uh, their playoff push, like I, like we talked about, the playoffs kind of began for them last week against Wyoming. Um, they can take care of things themselves and not have to worry about the math of what the tiebreakers mm-hmm. possibly might be to get into the championship just win because usually somebody else is going to lose to somebody you don't think they will mm-hmm. right I yeah mean, yeah so. a good quarterback for fresno state uh mikey Keene, transfer from ucf uh on the season he's been throwing the ball pretty well averaging almost 300 yards a game 278 uh good running back malik sherrod he played a lot last year so they'll have to face a good running back and, and how about the number this is the number somebody says well why is fresno state Seven and one, and why is Boise State four and four on the season? One stat that jumps out at me is turnover margin. Fresno State is plus eleven on the turnover margin. That means they've got eleven more turnovers than they've given away. Boise State is minus six on the season. Oh, wow. Makes a difference. And and still, Boise State would have the same record except for six points. I mean, that's mm-hmm. that's a difference mm-hmm. is six points from being seven and one right now. Mm-hmm. So that's, how, what you that's saw, how close they are. And what you saw Saturday, you can see that. But they played a number of close games. I was expecting a close game Saturday against I was Wyoming. Too. I, yeah, I was, it, was, it was pleasant to not have to sit there and bite your nails in the fourth quarter. <laughs> uh, it was also um, one thing, and we talked about this, um, that we have not seen from this team, and hopefully this is a harbinger of things that come from the rest of the year, is this team is not put together two full halves of great football. They played a good half of football here, and then they'd play a crappy half. Um, you, you can say that this was consistent, the most consistent game they've played, and that was a nice thing to see mm-hmm. um, against a team that, you know, I, I mean, people, I, I, it's funny because people go, oh, well, this wasn't a good team anyway. And it's like no. they were 5-2, and two and they were tied with Texas 10-10 going into the fourth quarter, and they beat uh Texas Tech mm-hmm. earlier in the year. So they have two power five wins. No. This is not a bad team. No, and Boise State, I think, helped them not look as good as they normally look. Yeah. 
And uh, I think the biggest which, thing was on the defense. I think the biggest thing was on the defensive side. I do of the too. Ball. Yeah, I do too. Um, the consistency there in the run game was was there. Um, I, the one other thing, and I'll agree with Mike Prater, and I actually said this in my house sitting there watching the game before Mike Prater uh, did in the article that he wrote this weekend. Uh, my personal opinion, and I said this out loud, I said, I think Maddox Madsen has played himself to be the best quarterback on the team right now over the last three games. Uh, I don't know how that's going to look through the rest of the year. Now, don't get me wrong. Taysom Green is still a huge part of this game and a huge weapon. I, I, I'm not saying he should be starting and playing the entire game. I'm just saying that it's been really, really uh, a difference well, over the last Green three threw that touchdown pass in the first yeah. drive to McAllister for the score. He had a big fourth down run for a first down. They do each bring some different things to the table. All right, play of the game time, 208-336-3700, pound 670 on your Verizon Wireless. If you know the play of the game, you listen in to the post game. you know what it is. We've got a $50 gift certificate for you if you're the first to identify it to Deja Brew Bistro. Go ahead and give us a call right now. Bob, thanks. Great talking to you again, and we will see you tomorrow morning for Bronco Tuesday. Get 670 KBOI on Alexa. First say, Alexa, enable the 670 KBOI skill. Then when you want to listen, say, Alexa, open 670 KBOI. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. All right, it's 9.05. Time for the Treasure Valley Subaru play of the game. We've got a $50 gift certificate to Deja Brew Bistro up for grabs. And Bill, you're going to get first crack at it today. My first question, as always, is did you listen to the uh, post game with Prater in the ball game? Yes. That always gives you a leg up on everybody else who's trying to guess. So if you listened in, you probably do know what was the Treasure Valley Subaru play of the game. First score of the game, 49-yard pass from Talon Green to Eric McAllister. All right, let's see if that's right. Third down and four. The Broncos need to get to the Cowboy 45. Green gets the snap. Big rush in the middle for the Cowboys. Green going long, left side, receiver there. That's McAllister, caught it, and scores! It is a huge pass play. 49 yards for the touchdown, and Boise State scores on its first drive for the second week in a row. 49 yards to McAllister from Green. 6-0 Boise State. There you go. Bill, congratulations. That was the Treasure Valley Subaru play of the game. You got a $50 gift certificate to Deja Brew Bistro in downtown Meridian. Hold on the line for us, okay? Okay, thank you. All right, don't forget, we do the play of the game uh, after every game Monday morning during Bronco Monday. Uh, Another chance for you to uh, win some great food uh, from some of the best restaurants throughout the Treasure Valley coming up Monday after the game. Fresno State, Boise State this weekend. You'll hear all the action here on News Talk KBOI once again coming up on Saturday. Um, Your big game again. It starts with Richie Brockle, Jay Bates, 3 o'clock, pregame with Bob Beeler and Pete Cavender, 7 p.m., and then kickoff will be happening at 8 o'clock. You can listen live across our networks, KBOI.com, KBOI app, 93.1 FM, 670 AM, um, Radio, Everywhere that you hear KBOI, you'll be able to hear the game here on News Talk KBOI, and then we'll talk about the game on Monday. And then Prater in the ball game. don't forget, Listen in for the post game. I know it's going to be a little bit later on Saturday this time, uh, but you'll have a chance to uh, listen in after the game. They will pick the play of the game, Treasure Valley Subaru play of the game, and then we'll have a chance for you to uh, do some winning again next week here on News Talk KBOI. It is 9.08. Uh, stocks continue to climb 
today. Uh, the Dow now up 351 points so far on the day. S&P up 32 points. NASDAQ up 113 points. So continuing to be a good day on the Dow. Uh, at least we're starting out the week much better than last week. Four of the last five days on the stock market have been down days. So as of right now, looking like we could see a positive day ahead of a big week for the stock market. We'll find out on Friday whether or not the Fed will raise our interest rates. Uh, they meet Tuesday and Wednesday. The announcement will come Tuesday or Wednesday afternoon. And then, of course, as we've talked about with Jeremiah Bates, it's not so much whether or not they raise the rates. It's what Jerome Powell has to say uh, or how he looks afterwards if he's frowning the entire time usually good for a hundred point loss on the uh dow when when he uh, talks afterwards he rolled his eyes yeah oh sell sell 10 more points <laughs> get in there mortimer and sell turn those machines back on <laughs> wondering how many people are going what what is he if what quote is that it's probably old enough now people are going what what movie is that i, I won't do the quote what about him <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I can. <laughs> no, no, you can't. We can't. Not on the air. You can't. Yeah, because I'm gonna I'm gonna save that for this story. Um, save it for the day before retirement. <laughs> uh, you, you you remember about uh, all the brouhaha earlier this year from Anheuser Busch when uh, Bud Light um, hired Dylan Mulvaney, transgender, to uh, for some of their advertising mm-hmm. on TikTok. Um, it had a huge fallout. Estimated that Anheuser Busch lost over four hundred million dollars uh, because of it, and Bud Light was the number one beer in the country and had been the number one beer in the country since two thousand nine. They are not any longer the number one beer in the country. Modelo uh, beat them. Matter of fact, they aren't even the number two beer in the country any longer. Coors. Light has uh, moved ahead, uh, or Coors, just Coors regular has moved ahead of uh, Bud Light. Uh, something happened uh, this last week it, that it'll be interesting to keep an eye on. And I'm not a big U- U- UCF fan, or UFC fan, sorry, UFC fan. I'm not a UCF fan either, That's especially after ultimate, they beat us this year. Ultimate fighting, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, UFC chief Dana White announced that they had uh, come to an agreement with Bud Light on a $105 million per year sponsorship. And fans immediately uh, laid in to Dana White and the UFC (laughs) for choosing Bud Light Mm. as a new UFC partner. I'm I'm sure Dana White uh, scraped and apologized and... uh... No, that's not what happened. That's not even close to what happened. No. Fans immediately, by the way, weighed in to trash Dana White for giving Bud Light the spotlight. It's new partner. Many felt that White was a sellout and that the deal was a slap in the face to UFC fans. Uh, many voices are now calling for a boycott of UFC events. Ask about the growing controversy over his choice. White struck back, characterizing critical fans as quoting here, um, well, kind of quoting, dummies. A-holes and effing stupid for their opposition. (laughs) He scoffed at the dummies who said his new partnership deal is all about money. And noting, of course, all sponsorship deals are about all about money. Money. That's the only reason you do them. White also took aim at those who claimed that he was reading a script about the wonderfulness of Anheuser-Busch, stating, quoting here again, I saw some other 
effing a-holes today saying, oh, it sounds like they wrote him a script on what to say. Nobody writes me a script. Nobody ever tells me what to say, ever. Unquote. Seems kind of definitive. Mm-hmm. My question is, like I said, I am not a UFC fan. I have never purchased a UFC pay-per-view in my life. If you ask me to name three people who fight UFC, I couldn't tell you. So I'm going to put this out to you who are UFC fans. Is this something that makes a big enough difference to you that you, because people have announced that they're going to quit watching and paying for mm-hmm. um, pay-per-view fights because of this. So I'm, here, I'm just wondering locally. I mean, we, no, I saw, mean, we saw the fallout. What happened to Bud Light over it, the... It, it's, not a, it's not a statement saying they don't like Bud Light. It's a statement saying they don't like no. transgender people. Yeah, they don't, and they don't like the advertising and, and, and the fact that, you know, their beer catered to somebody it wasn't even a big huge widespread advertisement it was a small campaign campaign but bud light i mean it was big enough and widespread enough that it has cost almost a half a billion dollars so far and continues now um bud light has gained a little bit of their share back but they're still in third place after being in first place since 2009 so i'm asking you if you are a UFC fan, do you even care about this? Is this a big enough deal? Will you stop paying for pay-per-view fights because this means that much to you? Is this another? Is this going to be another uh, go woke, go broke moment for another company? Just curious. There's no right or wrong answers. This is just. Your opinion, because doesn't make a difference to me. I didn't buy and pay for pay-per-view fights for, before. Right. And now that they've advertised w- with uh, Bud Light, guess what? I'm not going to pay for fights anymore, except for the fact I didn't pay before, so they're not losing any money from me. 208-336-3700, pound 670 on your Verizon Wireless. Uh, you can weigh in on that if you would like. Uh, also, another subject that we were talking about a little bit earlier this morning uh, about Oregon's decision uh, to, for the next five years, and this started a couple years ago with COVID, uh, they are not going to require testing to prove that their students are proficient in reading, math, and writing to be able to graduate. And somebody posed a question a little bit earlier. We have not heard from a teacher, school administrator. I'm just curious, does Idaho require testing to prove that you're uh, efficient in those or proficient in those? I I don't know. It's been too long since I was in school to remember, Mm -hmm. and things could have changed anyway. Is it something that Idaho even requires right now? Or is this you know, a big to-do about nothing. I mean, it, it sounds really bad. It's like, what? You know, it's like I said, you know, when I was a senior, we took the ACT, and I didn't take the SAT, but some people did, obviously. And and because, uh, you know, ACT, I, I was planning to go to Boise State already, and all they required was an ACT test, you know, so you could uh, uh, get your score in so they'd know what they were working with, but they didn't require an SAT, and I, so I saved a few bucks, didn't take the test. And uh, that on, of course, that's not really about uh, whether or not you graduate. It doesn't have anything to do with it. That has to do with getting into college, in college after you yeah. graduate. And so it does sort of uh, at least uh, 
you know, it, it, it measures your proficiency in things, but it's got, you know, like I said, it's got nothing to do with graduation. If, if there is no test for graduation except to pass all your classes, then I suppose that's good enough. Also, uh, going to get to this before the top of the hour. Uh, Donald Trump defied his gag order in New York City uh, again this weekend. Shocking. Launched into a vicious attack on what he called the crazed New York judge. Will he be fined again? Wasn't, we'll tell you. It, wasn't it lifted just for a short time so they could? No, it was that, that was another case where oh, okay. it was listed for uh, lifted for a short time. That was the, another case. This one still hasn't been uh, ah, lifted. Um, but man, he after just a day after getting ten thousand dollar fine for basically. Mm-hmm. ignoring the gag order. This time he went off on the judge, no. which, by the way, as a part of the gag order, he's not allowed to go off on the judge either. However, $10,000 makes me shut up, probably makes you <laughs> shut up. Doesn't necessarily affect Donald Trump nearly as much. We've got that and more coming up. Phone lines are open, 208-336-3700, pound 670 on your Verizon wireless. You can email chris at kboi.com and mike at kboi.com. Ben Shapiro this afternoon at 1. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. For the next five years, high school students in Oregon will not need to perform proficiency tests showing mastery of reading, writing, or math in order to graduate. And this comes as the Oregon Board of Education unanimously voted to extend a pause on the graduation requirement yesterday until 2028. They're citing inefficiency and inequity. Joel Jones going beyond the headlines tonight to find out what this pause will mean for students. This is a controversial decision and one that's facing a lot of pushback. While some say the decision will lower state standards and cheapen an Oregon diploma, the Oregon Department of Education tells me this policy simply didn't work and disproportionately harmed students of color. 208 336 pounds 670 on your Verizon wireless. William, Garden City, listening on 670 AM this morning. Good morning. You're on News Talk KBOI. Good morning. You know, these incidents, when they come up and they want to lower standards, it does offend me when they do that because why can't a person be held up to a standard and they either meet that goal or they don't? And if they don't make it, they get they get held back. You know, uh, when I was coming up, it wasn't impossible to go through school and have someone of age 19 or 20 in the 11th or 12th grade because they were held back until they met standards. Yeah, it's true. I think we were already in school when they started doing what they called social promotions, which, you know, in, in, instead of making somebody, uh, you know, pass all their classes to get to the next grade, they eventually just said, okay, you're too old to be in this grade. We have to move you along. So, William, uh, let me a- ask you, um, are you black? I am. Okay. And the reason I ask that, because it's easy for people like Chris and I who are white to say, okay, this is offensive that you're lowering the standards, but as a black Person, this is also offensive to you. Well, it is because it's, it's, it, it makes it imply that you can't be educated and you can't, uh, you know, maintain a proper standards right. for everybody else. Thank you for and the. It's, and it's, yeah, and it's the same thing that goes with the voter ID. You know, it's like you, oh, those people of color can't go and find out how to get voter ID. You know, that's that's really offensive. All right. Thank you for the thoughts. Thank you for the input, uh, William. Uh, appreciate the call. Okay. Thank you. Bye. 
Uh, Idiocracy writes, well, we are on the fast track to our worst nightmares. Watch Idiocracy this Halloween. It's the most terrifying movie there is because it's coming true. Uh, another uh, email, Mike at KBY.com. I, we had talked earlier about uh, somebody had written in and their kid got caught cheating on their uh, phone uh, on math with a math app on their phone. Yeah. It says, please tell me kids are not allowed to have phones in class. If they do, that's ridiculous. I will tell you, and I don't know if it's changed since when my kids were in school. Yes, kids are allowed because, you, God forbid, you take your kid's phone away in school and their personal right to have a phone in school in case their parents have an emergency. That may have been where they went to school. Uh, where our kids went, uh, even in high school, they had to keep it in the locker. Really? Yeah. Yeah, the schools, uh, I had seven kids in seven different schools, and none of them were forced to take their phones out of their pockets. They could have their phones. Now, obviously, they weren't allowed to use them. Yeah. To cheat, and I'm sure that the person that wrote in earlier, uh, the fact that they got in trouble for cheating, uh, I'm sure that you're not allowed to with, use your phones to with, cheat on with cl- AI. On, yeah. Okay, for the next half hour, I want you to write an essay. I'm finished. <laughs> uh, Kenny and Meridian, good morning. You're on News Talk KBOI, listening this morning on 670 AM. Good morning, gentlemen. It's a beautiful day outside. If you like, if you like cold, yeah. Oh, I'm not really much of a cold person, but, you know, I'm listening to that new standard uh, or for the lowering the standards. That's a bunch of horse crap. I mean, we're not kids aren't learning nothing. They don't want to learn anything. I think the teachers are getting lazy. But you know what really pissed me off? I mean, I'm pissed for the, them to say, especially kids of color. You know, this is why we're having the racism in here is because the media wants to race it. They want to put that in there, but to declassify these people, these guys are smart, and they know how to do things. I mean, there's white kids out there that don't know how to do half the crap. So that's just offensive to me. All right. Thank you, Kenny. On the uh, MMA, because I I had said I, I don't have a dog in the fight in this thing, so the fact that you or not MMA, you, you, UFC, um, doesn't matter to me whether or not they sign a sponsorship with uh, Bud Light because I don't watch, never have, and aren't, I'm not going to start now. Uh, but I was just curious of people who have paid, if it makes a difference to you, if you will quit watching, as some of the people on social media announced last week, um, would stop doing um, after Dana White announced that um, – they had signed the uh, agreement. Darren and Cuna writes in, it makes no difference to me. I'm still bootleg MMA fights. <laughs> All right. So you're getting your fights illegally anyway, and it's uh, not U- UFC. It's MMA. Uh, another, no name on this one, uh, another text message. They write, uh, seems to me that Bud Light made a mistake with their former advertising, and now they have taken a huge step to correct that by going with the uh, UFC. Like the fights or not, UFC is a very successful organization. From a business point of view, this seems like a brilliant move. Uh, it was also pointed out, you know, people have 20, 30, 50 other choices when it comes to uh, beer? beer. You don't have 50 choices when it comes to you know, MMA fight. Ultimate fighting. Ultimate yeah. fighting. You you have a yeah. couple of different Otherwise choices, it, and that's it. It wouldn't be the ultimate. It'd be the penultimate fighting. Yeah. 
So I, I as far as far as whether it will hurt them, it could come down to they just have less competition to deal with. 208-336-3700. Pound 670 on your Verizon Wireless. Take a break. News coming up next. You can also email us, Chris at KBOI.com, Mike at KBOI.com. Broadcasting from the Empire Title Studios, we are News Talk KBOI. In Las Vegas, GOP presidential hopeful Mike Pence speaking at a Republican event announced he's out of the 2024 race. After much prayer and deliberation, I have decided to suspend my campaign for president effective today. The former vice president from Indiana is the first major candidate to bow out of the crowded field of Republicans in the primary race. His campaign has struggled to raise funds and gain traction in the polls. Pence's decision comes just over two months before the Iowa caucuses and ahead of the third GOP debate November 8th in Miami. Michelle Franzen, ABC News. So the... uh Race for presidency on the GOP side just opened up a little bit. However, um, he wasn't receiving a lot of support anyway. We were just watching on uh, MSNBC this morning. Latest polls are out for the Iowa caucuses, and uh, Donald Trump has increased his lead by three points since the uh, last polling over his closest uh, Mm -hmm. competitors. Um, he now leads by 27 points Matt, over Nikki Haley and uh, DeSantis. Matt Gates was right. He said that that vote for uh, Mike Johnson last week confirmed that the uh, Republican Party nationwide is uh, pretty much MAGA-centered, as far as he's concerned. That's what he said. Mm-hmm. And and, and I, you know, I, I kind of think he's correct about that, simply because... Uh, I, you know, that was the main reason that the previous guy they wanted uh, dropped out is because Donald Trump did not endorse him. It is also interesting, and I don't believe this in any way, shape, or form, because I don't think Mike Pence wants his career to be over, uh, but some people are saying he dropped out so that he could now also testify against Donald Trump. And by dropping out, he doesn't have to worry about the... Pro backlash, Trump. Yeah, pro Trump backlash against him. Um, however, he still does because he just says it's not his time yet. He didn't say, "Hey, I'm dropping out and I'm never going to be in politics again." Is he scheduled to testify? No, but they think that's why people are saying that's why they think he dropped out is so he can testify against Trump. And I thought that's not true because that would be the kiss of death for anything in your future. So unless you just want to be done with politics, period. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I, I don't think that that's necessarily uh, going to be happening. Now, they've tried to get they've tried to subpoena him, and so far he's been able to say, no, I'm not going to do it. But, um, you know, if they force him, I guess maybe they could. But it'll be interesting to watch. I don't think that's the reason that he dropped out of the race. I think that he's just so far behind. Uh, by the way, uh, President Biden's approval rating among Democratic respondents saw a double-digit decline last month, according to a new Gallup poll. Survey found that's double digits with Democrats. This isn't Republicans. This isn't across the board. That's a double-digit decline with Democrats it, in one month. Was it Rasmussen? No, Gallup. Mm-hmm. Uh, the poll found that 75% of Democratic respondents approve of the Joe Biden is doing as president. That's down 11 points uh, from the previous month's poll. In comparison, 35% of independent voters said that they approve of Biden's performance, which drip, dropped four points. Uh, from September, 
Republican respondents' views of Biden remain unchanged. 5% didn't go down. Biden also saw a drop in his overall approval rating to 37%. 59% of those surveyed think otherwise. The overall rating is a four-point decrease from the previous month's poll. Gallup poll, by the way, was conducted October 2nd to the 23rd with a total of 1,009 respondents. Poll's margin of error, four percentage points either way. All right. What does that tell us? <laughs> He's got a lot of work to do before uh, next November. Yeah. As of right now. So we're about 13 months out. Yeah. Actually, closer to 12 months out now. Yeah. Yeah, because, uh, what is it, a week from Tuesday. Elections are a week from Tuesday. So we're, we'll be a year starting next Tuesday, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, the 7th, right? Yeah. Um, Donald Trump, by the way, is committed to testing the patience of the judge overseeing his New York civil fraud case as he yet again went on the attack in a social media post defying a partial gag order that he has in the case. Saturday might make the uh, mark a turning point in Trump's personal feud with the judge, Arthur Ngoron, who is presiding over his uh, case, launched by New York Attorney General Letitia James. In a series of posts on his true social platform on Saturday, the uh, ex-president trashed Ngoron, calling him, quoting here, grossly incompetent and a partisan political hack. Are those? Is is that an is that an attack? An attack? Yeah, is that an attack on the judge? Kind of sounds like it a little bit. That's for the judge to decide, I guess. Um, uh, another post says, quoting here again, this crazed judge ruled against me before the trial even started, and said Mar-a-Lago is worth only eighteen million dollars. This is a Biden election interference scam. There were no crimes and no victims, and there is no jury allowed. This radical Trump hater must be taken off this case, unquote. Once again, from his Truth Social account on Saturday. Now, Trump has been repeatedly warned against making mm-hmm. insulting remarks. See, now, those, that to me is not insulting. Crazed? Okay, maybe a little. Maybe. Um, I was being sarcastic, by the way. Um He's already been slapped with a $5,000 fine with the uh, gag order that start at the start of the month. Um, and then last Wednesday, he was fined $10,000 uh, because it disobeyed the uh, mm-hmm. gag order in the opinion of the judge. Trump. I wonder what the maximum I don't, amount you can be fined by. I don't a think judge. there is a maximum. My question is this, though, in the way that what he is saying and ignoring. The case. I mean, he was visibly frustrated, uh, for instance, uh, on on Friday by by some of the uh, testimony. Ha- has he already pretty much decided by ignoring these? Is said, you know what? I've lost this case anyway. I'm going to be appealing, um, and, and I'm not a judge. Uh, I, I don't get to weigh in on appeals or anything like that. Um, but I mean, in, in looking at it, I mean, he may have. A point when it comes to is is the judge a little biased? I, you know, possibility there. 
I don't know. And, and, and that's why I asked this question. Is with what he is doing, the way he is acting, what he is saying, ignoring the gag orders, has he pretty much decided that there's no way I can win this case anyway? I'm going to be appealing, so I'm just going to say what I want to say. Well, it doesn't sound like him. And be damned with the consequences. I think he always thinks he can win. Uh, I call BS has written in and says on callers boycotting UCF, I mean UFC, because of Budweiser, LOL, again, U.S. citizens boycotting a U.S.-born company because we are so afraid of our own neighbors. The last two big pay-per-view MMA fights, UFC, Bellator, whichever, have been uh, Saudi-sponsored and held in Saudi Arabia, that no one cares about that, but we freak out because some no-name trans drank a Bud we are fighting the wrong fight. We need to be united as Americans and stop fighting each other. Stop encouraging the hate of your own neighbors. And let's see. Uh, I believe this is Heath. who says this is really a disservice to students. There's already a huge problem with first-year college students not being able to keep up. Just wait until they get out in the world and ask for a job application. They will, like, literally, like, you know, like, literally have trouble. <laughs> that's that's just a, a little bit of the problems that they could have, you know, because as people graduate and they get out in the real world, mm-hmm. they find out, you know, how difficult real life is that some people are expected to work nine to five. Play cut one for me. But this is my first job, like my first nine to five job after college. And I'm in person and I'm commuting in the city and it takes me forever to get there. There's no way I'm going to be able to afford living in the city right now. So that's off the table. Like, duh, if I was able to walk to work and it'd be fine, but I'm not. So it literally takes me like I leave here, like I get on the train at 730 and I don't get home till like 615 earliest. And then like, I don't have time to do anything. I don't, I want to shower eat my dinner and go to sleep i don't have time or energy to cook my dinner either like i don't have energy to work out like that's out the window like i'm so upset oh my god nothing to do with my job at all but just like the nine to five schedule in general is crazy being in the office nine to five like if it was remote you get off at five (laughs) and you're home and everything's fine but like i'm not home it takes me long to get home and like like, people that drive to the office, like, it doesn't, you don't get off at 5, and I know it could be worse, I know I could be working longer, but, like, I literally get off, it's pitch black, like, I don't have energy, how do you have friends, like, how do you have time to, like, meet, like, a guy, I don't know, like, how do you have time for, like, dating, like, I don't have time for anything, and I'm, like, so stressed out, and I'm also getting my period, so that's why I'm all emotional, but, like, am I so dramatic? It's fine. <laughs> you you should have thought of that before you weren't born rich. <laughs> How many times did she say literally in there? <laughs> oh my I god, she, I have to work I, nine I to think five. She literally said it fifteen times. Nobody told me as I was going through school yeah. and growing up that I'd have to work nine to five. I always told the kids that uh, you know, don't complain about your job. If it were all fun, you would have to pay them to do it. <laughs> Like going to Disneyland, fun, but you have to pay them. They don't pay you to work at Disneyland if you're just having fun. They do pay the people who work. And this is, I mean, this is a perfect example of how much things have changed over the last, I'll say generation, but I mean, we're talking like 20, 25 years, yeah. um, maybe even 15 years. 
um, I get it. If people, if I didn't have to come into work, it would be awesome. Wouldn't you say the same thing? If you got to do your job from home and didn't have to drive in or dr- drive home every day. You mean, you mean like during COVID that yeah, year? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it, it, would be, it's, it was great, wasn't it? Yeah. I, Being I, uh, able to just wake if, up, if I had to sit do, in your bed and do the if, show? If I had it to do uh, over again, I would change clothes more often, but yeah. <laughs> I, I get it, but unfortunately, that's not the life that we live in, and unfortunately, there. I know not everybody is the same who, who gets to do remote work, but there are a lot of people that... Um, do remote work and might not necessarily work as hard as if they were at the office. And we know this because of some of the apps that were invented during COVID and people staying home to work mm-hmm. because you were monitored at your, your computer. And if your computer mouse didn't work, uh, didn't get moved for a couple of hours, they pretty much knew you weren't working. <laughs> so somebody invented an app that moved your computer mouse for you that it still looked like you were working and inst- you could still go watch Days of Our Lives and all your soap operas and Boy, take a nap. Almost seems like it would be, you know, uh, easier just to train the cat to move. That's something. I mean, it, was, it, is, it is a mouse app. <laughs> uh, Jan writes in and says, uh, this is Jan in Boise. Good morning. Trump is smart like a fox. I agree that maybe Mr. Trump knows he has lost. However, with his actions, he has been on the 30-minute national news every night. He doesn't get a campaign, so yeah, he's, this is one of those things where maybe publicity, bad publicity, not he, necessarily he's, bad publicity, he's, he's right? He's never been bad at publicity. This, th- a lot of people would consider him getting fined bad publicity, but is it? It's publicity, and it gets, mm-hmm. as she just mentioned, it's it's on the news while he can't be out campaigning, which is one of the things that he is complaining about. Frank uh, writes in, sounds to me like Trump is telling the truth. Nobody wants to listen to him. It sounds crazy because it's not supposed to happen. Yet it is, and Trump is pointing that out. My eyes are wide open. Um, you have to look around the BS. 208-336-3700. Pound 670 on your Verizon wireless. We'll take a break. Uh, one more segment on the way. If you want to get through, here's your final chance. Listen to KBOI online. Go to KBOI.com and click the Listen Live button. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. A couple of text messages, uh, yeah, no name on this, says teachers have gotten in trouble for not being allowed to have their phones in class, and it was the parents who complained to principals and school boards. Now we're surprised that children are using their phones to cheat on tests? Do we truly believe that they're not already using their devices uh, to do their homework. I'm sorry, there isn't a mountain home guy wrote that in. Mm. Uh, another name or another text message, like, like literally, like was all I got from that. She had to be educated in Oregon. Come on now. Uh, and another text message, I've been working since I was 14 years old. I'm now 70. I've had fun at most all my jobs so the jobs can be fun and you can earn money the guy you talked to on the radio or gave the interview was uh just out to lunch <laughs> alan eagle listening on 670 a.m good morning you're on news talk kboi hey good morning man um my name's alan and military and i still have a lot of active duty and reserve military friends and this dumbing down of the standards is having a direct impact on the recruitment of our military. They can't pass the tests anymore, so they're having to reduce the tests. They can't do the physical activities anymore because they're overweight. 
and nowadays with the weapon systems being what they are, when they can't even read an SOP, a standard operating procedure, because they don't know how to read, that's impacting recruitment. And I know you guys are thoughtful, so bear with me one second, because I've said this before. This is a long-range goal. The Democrats think long-range. The Republicans don't think long-term and long-range. They started over a decade doing this. They hate the military, and this is having a direct impact on the military. Anybody can go to Google and bring up the stats of recruitment now. It is way, way, way down, and they're having to dumb down the requirements and enlarge the uniforms to get the people into the military now. Yeah, that's partially true. The other part is uh, a lot of them can't even pass physical fitness tests anymore. Oh, they're, no, because, <laughs> because they're overweight trying to get yeah. into the military, and then they can't lose the weight. So if, if you've noticed, and I've noticed, being military, a lot of the active duty guys now, a lot of them are overweight, and they've enlarged the uniforms. Yeah. And that's going to kill them when they got to go, and they really have to fight. I mean, I don't want to fight side-by-side with them. Well, maybe they'll just uh, put all those uh, people who can't pass the physical fitness test in charge of the drones so they just get to sit and fight from uh, a cockpit and like a game console or something. Thank you for the call. Appreciate it, Alan. Um, Email in Mike at KBY.com says, I don't know, Mike. You are the definition of wishy-washy. What do you mean you don't know? Trump hasn't given up his right to free speech. The judge has no right to say Trump can't say mean things against him. Uh, Really, that judge is probably the father of the girl who can't work nine to five, can't believe you can't stand up for the injustice that is taking place against Trump. I'm beginning to believe you weren't based, uh, you aren't based in values. Have you you ever took a stand against the crowd for something you believed in? Um, Yeah, if if you've been paying attention, uh, I have said repeatedly that what the judge is doing in this case and the other cases, I thought, kind of goes against his First Amendment rights. Uh, however, uh, until that gets decided on uh, appeal or, or going to court and taking it to court on whether or not it goes against your First Amendment rights, what is stated in court stands, and you have to follow by it. And you will, I mean, Trump's going to be forced. He's, he's already been fined $15,000. He doesn't get out of that because he said, no, I have my right to free speech. He's going to have to pay that. And a judge can order you to do things during your trial that would seem otherwise that, you know, nobody should be able to do that to you, but they can. Yeah. And I, I, I've said it before. This isn't the first time. I, I think some the gag orders against him on some of the things that he'd say make no sense as far yeah. as, as First Amendment rights because um, – but nobody has taken it to court as of yet so far. All all Trump has done is rail against it, which I get. But it's not like he can't get his point across. You know, he's going to do that. There are 20 different ways he does it already. Dorothy writes in, uh, if the judge in Trump's case last week truly believed that Trump was lying as he said, why isn't he being charged with perjury? Is it maybe because the judge didn't believe his own BS? That's a good point. That really is a good point because he was under oath. That's true. He was sitting in the seat and the judge said, I don't believe you. I don't believe you. So that, that by definition, is perjury. Should be, yeah. So, which is a felony. So why isn't he being charged with that?
I don't know. That's a very good point, Dorothy. Thanks for bringing it up. Uh, that's it for today. Thanks for being part of the show. We'll be back again tomorrow to do it all again. We're on a 20-hour break.